Welcome to another episode of Invisible Disco Productions podcast, Writer's Block Party. We're hoping to share the work of emerging artists and break down the all too often mysticized process of creating and developing art. I'm Denise Boulet. And I'm Amelia Annan. Hello, everyone. Uh, so today we have the wonderful Blair Sharman with us. Blair is an actor, a singer, a songwriter, just a general writer based in New York City. Though she's been melodramatic since childhood, her love of acting was sparked at the American Shakespeare Center Theater Camp when she was 12. And performing Shakespeare remains one of her greatest passions. She is now the artistic director of NYU's on-campus club, Shakespeare in the Square, Woot Woot, preparing to graduate with her BFA in drama from NYU Tisch. Blair is trained with the Atlantic Acting School in Stone Street Studios. Last summer, she traveled with the Brooklyn-based theater company One Year Lease to a small mountain village in Greece with an ensemble of actors who devised and performed a piece completely in Greek. She is currently in pre-production for Rural, her short film about a young woman discovering her bisexuality in rural Virginia, and is set to act in a series pilot being pitched to Netflix that is filming in May. Wow, that's that's quite the bio. No, I thought maybe I should shorten it a little bit. <laughs> no, 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 man. We we have nothing but time to fill. And we love um, talking, so. And we love talking, so there's that. So Shakespeare. Shakespeare, he really knows how to write stuff. He does. Doesn't or he? Or was it Shakespeare? He? Was it oh, apparently really five other the, people? One of the like not super solid theories is that it was like a woman named Amelia. And I was like, hello. <laughs> I didn't um, know that. That would be yeah. awesome. Yeah. There's and like, I, yes, there's a lot of theories that Shakespeare isn't Shakespeare. Yeah. I have teachers that get really riled up about that. They're That's like, funny. I don't get why people care so much. Shakespeare was just Shakespeare. And I'm like, do you think he was do you think it was like this one dude who just wrote all this stuff? Um, I would find that really hard to believe, especially if you were like living in squalor and you had time and, and the paper and the ink to write all that stuff down. But That's it's kind of like slipping into legend, which is fun. Yeah. Wow. Okay, well, you you did bring in a piece for us. This is not a podcast on Shakespeare. Conspiracy <laughs> theories. Um, it could be later, though. It could, rebranding? Um, <laughs> never say never. Never say never, exactly. I'll talk uh, so, pro- mysticize Shakespeare. Shakespeare. Should I should I create like an off a spin-off podcast just about conspiracy theories? It's a solo show. Yes. It's yes. like the originals um, to the Vampire Diaries, but exactly. Shakespeare podcast to Shakespeare. Writer's Block Party. <laughs> and it can just be Blair talking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I bring on different guests and they tell me what they conspiracy <laughs> theories they believe in. Yes. And uh, I Stay in tune, everybody. That's actually not a bad idea. <laughs> you know what I'm um, you? That would be exciting. I would pay to listen to that. <laughs> Sweet. Just I, I will hold you to that. Um, <laughs> okay. So you brought in a song for us. And what is I did. it called? I- it's called the working title is for me, but that might change. That's fine. We'll see. We're all about a work in progress here. So uh, you know, whenever you're ready, take it away. Take it away. Okay. It's about as warm as I in his eyes they don't shine for me no more and I feel fire burn inside but he don't burn for me no more but when we breathe simultaneously it's electricity there's no reprieve but I can't change if I stay in the place in the place where you 
There's no reprieve I can't change If I stay in the place In the place we used to play I can, I can, I can explain The pleasure that I get from the pain Of being near you It hurts to say Keep coming back Cause it's impossible to walk away I can, I, I can explain through and through God the times you made me great thank you so much for sharing that with us ollie loved it her ears just went like this Um, my cat's obsessed with music and i can never tell if she likes it or it's hurting her ears because she'll come and like shove she'll try to shove her face into my mouth while i'm playing music and i'm like can i help you i have a foster cat and they're like sometimes like if you play like music for cats it calms them so the first day i had a cat she like lives under my bed because she's terrified I played like I found like a cat playlist on Spotify so I was like oh perfect like I'll play this like it's basically classical like lullabies and I'll play this and she'll be really calm and I was like cool so I was just like sitting in my bed and then I fell asleep (laughs) because apparently I am a cat you are a cat I could see that I'm a cat Um, too a cat presence thank you thank you yeah I just want to nuzzle and now that our audience have also met Ollie and all of our cats and foster cats and everything. Yeah, exactly. Penny will not be making an appearance. Yeah. I wish I could grab my cat and make them make an appearance. Are but... you are you in rural Virginia right now? I'm in fact in rural Virginia right now. <laughs> and I should not be here, as I told you guys the other night. Um, I was supposed to come back earlier, but there were complications. Oh, and no. The mystery. Compl- <laughs> yikes yeah. that's the okay. complications being that I was uh unwell in the morning <laughs> I want to get on a train and drive two hours <laughs> I was unwell what a great unwell. what a lovely what's that what's that like euphemism is that not a euphemism what is that called when it's like a 
understating something. I think it might be a euphemism. I don't know vocabulary words. Understatement. <laughs> Like an under when like it's like when someone's um, like they they're in a better place or like they got sent to the farm. That's a euphemism for death. Like I think it's so oh. funny. When people are like because they like mean like you are more like ill and probably not feeling well. But you're like I was unwell. I was the opposite yeah. of well. Uh, like I was the opposite <laughs> of well. To quote Charlotte <laughs> Williams, I was in fact unwell. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. I love it. Um, so that's a song you wrote. You actually write lots of songs. I do write lots and of songs. Amelia and I listened to this live as well. We listened did to we, a live this one of the ones you we did. That's not the first. I forgot if I played that one for you guys live because you might I can never remember if I. Okay, cool. Yeah, I was like, we were playing. Take two. I just remember like laying on your floor, listening to them, and be like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah." yeah that was late at night. That was. <laughs> I don't remember like, playing them, so yes. obviously <laughs> we were in yes. a state then. Um, I you um, your words are so juicy. Thank you. That's actually something that I try really hard to like um, achieve, I guess. I, cause there's a lot of song, not to, not to bash other songs cause there's so many good songs out there, but I do find like I'm drawn more to songs that are saying something that aren't just like handing it to you on a silver platter, but a yeah, little bit I mean, are. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Like, like if there's a little, I don't consider myself a poet, I guess, but I guess singing like songwriting is just poetry set to music. So I feel like if I can make them a bit more poetic or a bit more nuanced mm-hmm. or like have fun rhymes that aren't yeah. maybe the first thing that would come to You had to a lot mind. of good rhymes in there that I was kind of like, ooh. Thank you. Like, I forget, I forget there was one of those one that I really noticed. I mean, yeah, because it's certainly pop music. Like, I love pop music, but it's a lot of like repeatable phrases for, mm-hmm. to sing along to. And like, that's like kind of the point of pop music is to like enjoy it and sing along to it. But you, right. I mean, we've talked about this before. You actually, you both, but you specifically, Blair, love Hozier. And I feel like Hozier, yes, there's a lot of that, like you really using words. Okay, wait, is it Hozier or Hozier? I say Hozier. I don't know. I say Hozier. So let's use them interchangeably so yeah, that true. no one roasts us about <laughs> this. <laughs> yeah, no, I was actually going to bring that up that I feel like he is probably my biggest source of inspiration for lyrical, like the lyrical mm. side of songwriting yeah the, the writing part <laughs> but but the melody also reminds me of him as well oh my gosh that is amazing to hear actually well because he has a lot of I feel like his music feels really influenced by folk music and I don't feel like like this is obviously an unproduced version I know I have a vision in my head for what I want a lot of my music to sound like but I don't know anything about music yeah. production um but yeah I feel like he has it's like very folk influenced and that's kind of the music a lot of the types of music I grew up around because yeah I mean well uh, well are you close to Appalachia or I don't know how I think I yeah 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 I live Uh, I live like in Appalachia well because not to go history on anyone but like he Hosier 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 is Irish and a a Mm, lot of his mm -hmm. stuff is influenced by Irish songs and Appalachian music or Appalachian music is mainly like is a lot based on Celtic music so there's definitely overlap there um, yeah, there's such there a, a like, I, there's like that drum. No one can see the hand movement I'm doing, but do you know what I'm talking about? It's like a drum, and it has a two sided stick. Like that's an yes, that is in both Appalachian music and Irish music. Yeah, and there's so, a lot of like I, playing I'm the also, spoons. No, yeah, like, like playing <laughs> the spoons on your leg. I mean, not yeah. that I've seen anyone do that, but I think that's honestly like, that would be a mad cool school skill to like whip out at a party. Like, see some, like I know. Spoons. 
um yeah. i wish i knew how to do that i feel like i, I mean, feel like someone i know knows how, like someone or some relative of mine actually knows how to do that and i was like what you should ask them for a demonstration yeah please um, i mean it is like it has um like it has moments of like folk music in it but i don't personally love folk music and i do love hosier or hosier but i and i do like your music the entire podcast is being like hosier hosier oh let's stop talking about him <laughs> we have to move it's on it's like different enough from folk music that i am still interested in mm-hmm. right and i feel like um what was i gonna say oh oh I well because I was trying to figure out the entire time who it reminded me of and it just came to Maggie Rogers is I literally was yes she's also influenced by Appalachian music yeah well sometimes I think Maggie Rogers is me but like three times like three years sped up because I love that for you she's She's literally from rural Maryland which is so close to where I live not so close it's like a few hours away but it's like a very similar area to where I live and yeah and she like went to nyu and she was like experienced by folk experience influenced by folk music she went to nyu she like went to paris and found herself and like i went to paris and found myself and then wow wow and it's like kind of folksy kind of synthetic pop yeah like she's great at doing like dance folk music yeah which you wouldn't think she just like created her own entire genre she created her own own genre she's like i don't i'm not gonna do what you guys are doing i'm gonna do my thing right um Another fun artist that kind of mashes up like folksy undertones with more of like a like upbeat kind of he's not pop it's like more it's like folksy undertones with alt rock is Matt Mason. Um mm, okay. Who if you guys know him he has some really good songs. One of them is called Hallucinogenics. My favorite personally is called Cringe. Cringe. Take notes everybody. Go forth and listen. Yeah. <laughs> Players recommendations. Yeah. Um so let's talk about this piece a little bit in specific and then we'll like branch off um okay. tell us about the writing process of it the inspiration behind it um i'm the only invisible disco member that does not know like music writing or who cannot sing so um demystify it for me a little bit will you <laughs> demystify yeah so you're down it's I'm trying to think like songwriting for me can go one of two ways I either will kind of slave over a song that I'm trying to force myself to finish for weeks or I'll sit down and write it in an hour and this was one of the latter and that's generally how I know it's gonna like be one of my personal favorites because this one is one of my personal favorites it's also the most recent one I just wrote and it's also the last of 10 on the album EP question mark that I hope to make one day but I literally just sat down in my I was like in my apartment in New York and I sat on my bed and I got my guitar out and I was like I want to write a song and I started writing it and it'll just like the for me the hardest part is the musicality like the melody I guess um Mm. and so once I find that I can like the lyrics generally come pretty quickly to me um yeah I find that like wordsmithing part of it to be it feels more like a puzzle and you once you like put all the puzzle pieces together and you find that perfect rhyme that like encompasses everything you're trying to say but also doesn't sound clumsy like like there are too many syllables in a in a phrase I find that to be really annoying so I try to stay away from that but yeah the hardest part for me is and that's why I do it first is figuring out you know the chords um the music and sometimes I cheat and sometimes I look at like songs of other people that I really like and I'll look at the chords and then I'll like pick those chords and just mess around and like put them in a new order. That's absolutely and... not cheating because I feel like everyone who's even attempted to learn the guitar knows that like most songs are like, what is it? CGA something. It's literally the four chords I was just playing. It's C, yeah, it's F, those... G and A minor. 
yes i'm minor um so no it's not cheating um oh good to know <laughs> amelia says it's fun. not cheating so it's not um, and thank you amelia um so you wrote it first and then picked up the guitar no so i picked up the guitar, guitar and i found the chord yeah just like that <laughs> i found the chords and then i um i started just sort of messing around with usually the crazy thing I know a lot of people when they write music will get like the phrase that's the hook or the chorus and for me it's always the first phrase of the of the song so for me the first thing I wrote was it's about as warm as ice because I thought that was like a fun little juxtaposition there um thinking of something that's like warm as ice so obviously it's really cold and and then it says in his eyes um they don't shine for me anymore because I love the idea of like and I definitely got this from Bridgerton where she's like I burn for you and he's like I burn for you and so then the second phrase is he doesn't burn for me anymore oh no I love that um and when you say write like do you actually write it on a piece of paper with a pen or do you like kind of start humming it I with have the guitar? 10 million voice notes on my phone mm. because every time I think of a new sentence I'll sing it because I'm always terrified of forgetting melodies so every time I like get a bit further in the verse or the chorus or whatever I'm working on I'll record it in a voice memo on my phone and then I'll write it down um the lyrics I always forget to write down the chords of my song so if I go for a few months without playing one of my songs I'll come back and I'll be like I don't remember what I did here <laughs> <laughs> nice yeah and um is it always the guitar like I know you play the piano a little bit. Yeah, no, piano is my, I can't even say that it's my main instrument. I grew up playing piano, so, but I played classical piano, so it was less, you know, chords, pop music mm -hmm. kind of stuff. But then actually when I went to Paris a few months ago, the only instrument I could take with me was my ukulele. Did I say a few months? I meant last year. A year, yeah. <laughs> I, meant, I meant last fall when I was in Paris. Um, I took my ukulele because it was the smallest instrument I had. And I actually wrote, that was when I started seriously writing songs because I had so much free time then for the first time in my life. And I would just go to like, they have a Shakespeare and Co there and I would go and there's a piano that you can play. And I would go early Sunday mornings and like mess around on the piano. But then in all the hours that I had in my free time, I would like sit and just write songs on the ukulele. And that was kind of how mm -hmm. that started. But now I find guitar. I'm not as skilled at guitar as I would like to be. I struggle with I'm trying to get better at picking. I'm actually practicing with Hozier's music because there's a lot of good picking stuff in there. Um, but yeah, it's, I find, I worry that a lot of my songs sound kind of samey because I can only do so many chords on the guitar and I'm like trying to work on it and learn how to do fun strumming patterns. But it's the strumming pattern actually that makes it sound monotonous, I think. I mm, yeah. That. That's so interesting. Do you find yourself like repeating, um, I guess, melodies? I don't know, chords. Like, yeah. I don't know. For some reason, I feel like if I were to attempt to write a music the same way, when I attempt to write a film, it always ends up being the same thing. Um, mm -hmm. I always feel like I'll just write the same song melody wise all over again. Not even just the words, but like literally the sound the same. Yeah, it's definitely the melody for me. I like, um, there's one phrase in one of my other songs on this album that. It's just like, I can't even think of how it goes. It's like, ha, 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 ha. It's like that phrase. And then it repeats in like three different songs. And there's also a song it's a that repeats. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's like, a, it's the theme of the, 
it's the theme of the album kind yeah, of it's a musical. you have to have a musical motif please right and there's one of the songs it was so prominent that it was repeating in i just made the last the the lyrics of that song go um i know you can't take me home but don't take your fingers from my back so like goes on but then in the other song which is a completely different song which is actually on the piano and that one was written on the ukulele that i use that same phrase and i go I, I like make a play on words about someone taking me home and I can't remember what it is, but I thought it's kind of like a fun little inside joke Easter slash egg. Easter egg. Yeah. Out some what, what's this here. album going to be called? I don't know yet because the first song I wrote that I was like, this is going to be an album. And I think is one of the closest to me personally that like was written in a time that brings up a lot of fun emotions um, was Chasing Serendipity. And so I'm wondering if maybe that's because the theme of this album, a lot of the songs revolve around, you know, this one's about a boy, but a lot of them revolve around um, struggling through anxiety and trying to learn how to be more confident in yourself and also trying to deal with the existential dread of the fact that the world's going to end one day. Um, So it's a lot of like trying to figure out how to make the most of your time while you're here. So I felt like Chasing Serendipity really embodied that idea. But I also know there's another song out there called Chasing Serendipity. And I don't want to, like, I'm, if it's copyrighted, I don't know how all of that works. But <laughs> we'll see. That's the working title of the album, I would say. I like that a lot. I like that Yeah, a lot. and that would probably be the first single. That one or Backbone. Okay. Um, so this album that you have been working on, does it include um, pieces featuring the guitar, the ukulele, and piano? Yes. So there's a mix of all three. And some of them, I would start writing on the guitar and then realize that it was more of a ballad and I would switch to piano or I would like transpose it to the piano. Um, And then some of them, like this one, the one that I just played, I've been going between whether to do it on the piano and the guitar because when it's on the piano, it sounds a bit more ballady and slow. And I kind of wanted to keep it upbeat, not super upbeat, but it's got like, it's got a beat to it. And I didn't want to lose that on the piano. Mm -hmm. Um, And then, yeah, some of them, most of the ones that I write on ukulele, I think there's, one the second song I wrote back which was back when I was in Paris I wrote it and then I got home and I knew the whole time that it was going to be on the piano but I I just only had my ukulele with me um so yeah it depends and um how many songs are on this album um I have 10 finished so far but I'm wondering now because I've been I've written them over such a large period of time that some of them don't necessarily like vibe with the rest of the album so I'm wondering if I might need to cut some of them and just make it an EP um I do feel like this is the last one though I don't think I'm gonna write any more for this specific album I think if I write more it'll be for something else because I do a little bit about what EP means as well not everyone might know that oh you're right um well I can't can't tell you what it stands for because I don't know I was gonna say I feel like I actually used to know what it stood for but I can't remember it but it's like tell the people up the other day too um so I guess and correct me if I'm wrong because I'm not music anyway so um in my mind, an EP is a collection of shorter songs. So it's not enough songs to be an album. And it's just kind of more of a sample of what you're doing at that moment. So it's, it I means like extended can, play. Extended play, which makes no sense because it's generally a shortened version. And what's an LP then? Is LP self for limited play? That or are LPs longer? I don't know when L- I, I do LP like with like all too these long to be an album. I think it's nice that there are all these subcategories because then like artists don't have to worry about like having a full album before releasing something. It must be like reassuring. Mm -hmm. 
I support this. Yeah. Anyway, back back to explain what an EP is. <laughs> oh, that's all I have. I would just say a collection of like you know five to yeah. I don't know if there how many it can be like five to eight maybe. Um, yeah. Maybe less than that songs that that are not enough to be a whole album, and so you're just like, here's what I got right now. Here's, here's what yeah. I have so far. Yeah. And when is that um, happening for you? <laughs> Good question. We need to have it on recording so we can hold you um, accountable. Accountable. We're all about accountability uh, here. <laughs> well, there was a place. So as soon as I get them produced, um, I have this ba- bad issue where I'm a perfectionist and I, I know exactly what I want the sound, the songs to sound like in my head. Um, and I don't know anything about music production. So I'm kind of struggling to find someone. If anyone out there is listening and likes and like vibes with my song and knows how to then produce music, hit me up. Seriously, because there was a recording studio that I was going to record some of them, at least at back home. And then it blew up because it's a meth lab. So that didn't happen. Oh, my God. It literally blew up. It literally blew up. Thankfully, no one was. It was in like a strip mall, I think. And another building in the strip mall was the one with the meth lab. And then it blew up. But it like killed all of their equipment equipment, obviously but thankfully it was like a saturday or sunday morning so no one was there no one was injured from that business yeah but i was very sad i was like and i was so ready to go commit to this one place i thought you were saying i thought you were saying like it blew up like you know some of them went down but you literally mean no like it like it actually exploded and went boom but um i think they have a gofundme blue sprocket sound i think is what they're called oh yeah we'll plug to go support them Um, and then like when you so aside from songwriting you are a writer in many ways how do you write as a you know film writer um well I feel actually quite new to film writing I started I started writing over the summer because I felt like there was such a void of acting in my life because we were sent home um and then my internship was canceled and I was just sitting at home doing nothing all summer And I thought I kind of needed to channel my creativity into something else. And I knew that I, as much as I love Shakespeare, film is definitely where my interests lie now because I have have interests in every facet of film and not just the acting part. I find directing and writing and cinematography all really interest me and editing. I'm doing an editing internship right now. Um, So I kind of just sat down one day and, and I wanted to make like some kind of comedic funny skit and I love trees and I love the environment and I get made fun of by a lot of people for being you know a quote-unquote tree hugger so a I lot of people figured, it's Dennis <laughs> it's me it's, it's me everybody Dennis is the bully you used to make fun of me Dennis I found a video on my phone the other day which is me in the woods and it's to you and it says so to be fair I did just get home and walk into the woods and I think that's because you used to say that I would do that and yeah. I found it the other day yeah that's year. that's what her life is like everybody <laughs> yes I just walk in the woods and that's all I do and he, but, she um, writes movies called that's rural. the life and that's I write movies do. called rural and tree hugger so yeah rural. tree hugger was the first one I, I made and it's just like kind of an absurd comedic it can almost be a sketch if it weren't a short film um yeah. about someone who is literally being trained to protect the trees and goes out into the woods and and this pair of lovers comes along and tries to start carving their name into a tree and tree hugger jumps out in her scary monster outfit and is like get out of here you're killing the planet and chaos ensues so it's interesting because that one was actually yeah that one's quite like absurdly comedic but then the most recent one I made is more of a understated I don't say down to earth it's cheesy it's like think indie but in a short film yeah 
So, yeah. so you're in pre-production for this film is uh oh, what does what, that mean what does pre-production mean is it is it so, hoping i mean currently no. technically invisible productions is also is hopes yeah. and wishes um, it's hopes I and wishes it to a production company and i'm i've been waiting to hear back from them for um a little bit and i haven't pitched it anywhere else yet because this would be my like like i would pick this company to do it um mm. if I had the option so I'm kind of waiting to hear back whether it's a yes or a no and then once I get a no if I get that then I'll start pitching it to other places yeah you're gonna come to us yeah I'll come like, to Invisible Disco <laughs> we're gonna be like, nice to know that you are we are your second option yeah no, I don't feel that way so I wanted to know a little bit more about your um screenplay writing process like um yes and then like yeah, tell me about your process, but also are you one of those people who can like sit down and concentrate and like write it? Do you like, how do you find the idea? Like, tell me everything. I want to know it yeah. all. Yeah, so I guess I'll talk about the most recent one, which is rural. And so I basically, this came out of a conversation with Lizzie Walther. Um, I was just like sitting in her apartment for- And they all know Lizzie Walther because she was Lizzie here before. Was on the podcast, but we went, we went I went to her apartment this was back in like I don't even know when this was it was a long time ago I feel maybe last semester time doesn't and exist she, anymore it's okay yeah it's been March since March for me to be honest and it's still really? March god so I like walked there in the rain and I got in it was super cold and it was the first time I'd seen her since um Stone Street sent us all home NYU sent us all home so that was really fun and then she's one of those people that I can just sit and talk to for like five hours and lose track of time and we were sort of talking about our different experiences um, growing up, like where we grew up. And basically we were talking about how we wanted to see more representation of like bisexual women on screen um, and what it's like, especially to go to like discover that when you're living in a, an area that's quite conservative and religious um, and like how it manifests in different friendships, if it's in friendships or that sort of just like exploring that whole thing. And so she had this image of someone like putting their hand out of the window and it literally just struck home with me so hard because my, some of my most peaceful moments are when I'm driving along these back country roads and I'm just like playing music or even if there's no music and the window's down and it's summer and I just have my hand out the window and it's so calming. And so I kind of took that image and ran with it. And I went to a coffee shop and sat down and I wrote the whole, the entire first draft, um, which looks so incredibly different from what it looks like now. And then what I like to do, because I still struggle with insecurities as a writer, because I've, you know, I've written three short films at this point. I don't, they're not like Oscar worthy, but I don't think they're bad. So it's trying to sort of find the self-confidence that it need, that I need to continue writing. And I find that I send it out to a lot of my friends to get their feedback, friends who are both writers or not writers. Um, and then, but I also kind of have to search a lot to get that validation from within myself, because I can't always rely on other people to be like, yes, Blair, this is good. Because at some point you have to just trust yourself and trust that your work is good. Yeah, absolutely. And that your story is like interesting to interesting enough mm -hmm. to write about, I think. Mm -hmm. So yeah, from there, I just get feedback. I, yeah, I've, I've, I've read Rural and I, I think the biggest note I gave you was like, I was like, I want it to be a movie. Like I want it to be a full like movie. <laughs> mm, me too. Me and too. you were like, maybe. <laughs> That's so but, daunting. Yeah, but like, I don't think it is. It's it's like it will take a long time. 
Mm-hmm. But I think there's so much there. It's just so juicy. It's so yeah, busy. I think so, so too. It's like I was like I that ten pages wasn't enough for me. I felt that way too, and it's the character. Like I definitely feel like also, it's going to be character driven. Yeah, and also like I also like stuff like that. Like movies that are just about people. Like easy to write, easy to film. Right. You know, it's like the movies that are like. And then we flip over the car. Um, <laughs> like, and there's a fire. Up to, yeah, literally. Um, short films can be up to like 25 minutes. You could you could add another whole 10 pages, and it's still technically a short film. Right. Just yeah. for the record. That's true. But it could only- it, the shorter it is, the better it is for like submission purposes. Yeah, for also. festivals. But also, it doesn't mean that like 12 pages. Yeah, short, a short film can be a short film. And it doesn't mean that it has nowhere to go after that. Like That's it can be a true. short film a lot right of, now. A lot right. of film, feature length films become, wait, started as short films. That's yes. just. Yeah. Cause it's a good way to sort of get it out there and then get interest in the project and get funding to then make the feature film. See. Which I think is a good way to go. When I read uh, Rural, cause I also read it. Um, you read the first draft is the one that you read. I need to send you the most updated. I one. know. Um, players kind of like not sharing things with me anymore but okay um, <laughs> everybody uh, like uh we're, our friendship's going through it okay yeah um, it is not going te- through it drama Blair, i'm trying to get drama for the podcast <laughs> oh sorry yeah you're right i despise you don't ever come to my house again no more uh, mimosas okay. for you dennis <laughs> <laughs> okay um but when I, I i was like truly proud about how much of you it had mm-hmm. um because you, I mean, besides the rural thing, you, in your daily life, we always, um, you represent yourself very well in that, like, you love hikes, you love the nature, you love West of Virginia, the mountains where you're from, um, and, like, you don't really, like, hide that as a city girl either, like, it's still a very much part of your life, and it had a lot of that theme and that motif in it. Mm-hmm. Um, I was really proud. Um, I'm going to go on an insane tangent for one second, but stick with Okay. Okay. The Hunger Game movies. Yes. Are filmed. Are they not filmed? Oh, they're filmed in Georgia. I I don't know. I thought they were filmed in Virginia. Well, Georgia and Virginia have very similar topography and it looks like the forests look similar. Um, Okay. But no, a lot of stuff's filmed in Georgia. That makes sense. That makes sense. Um never mind the tangent I was gonna go on doesn't exist anymore I mean really I was just gonna be like I I loved the Hunger Game movies when I was like younger didn't we all my favorite didn't didn't we all we Um, ruined it what you ruined the tangent I ruined the tangent but I always there's like the beginning parts when she's in the woods with Gail that yeah I loved I loved those scenes because I've uh, I like I, I mean I'm from northern California which is pretty woodsy very red redwood forest-esque and I love the woods I always wanted to see the redwoods oh my god we'll go my mom grew up um for some of her life for a few years in the San Joaquin Valley and they used to go and see the redwoods oh, and she's yeah. told me about them and I have never seen them I've only ever heard about them and I want to see them so badly hmm. they're they're pretty great um they're they're beautiful like I mean, like, it's definitely one of those things that you take it, I took it for granted. Oh, my God. I feel like I am more of a nature person now that, like, I hear a lot about it. <laughs> like, I feel like I could be a nature person if I, like, were in nature. Um, yeah. But so you were saying, back to, back to art. Yes, sorry. You were saying <laughs> that you wrote it, like, very quickly 
just like in one sitting. Is that typical of you? Um, I think it's typical for my first drafts. Every first draft I've written, I've done in one sitting or over the course of two days. Um, then the part that takes forever for me is like sitting with it and kind of mulling it over or even putting it away. Like rural between the first and second drafts, I didn't really look at it for maybe a month. Oh no, you can never. I hide them. What? I don't look at it. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, I was like, get out. I was like, computer, I will throw you out the window. Yeah. But um, no, it's Amelia just, about like a previous draft of like her play that we read. And she's like, yeah, I, I don't want to look at it for a little bit. And I was for like, a okay, little, sorry. We sorry. did like a read. When did we do? We did the reading last semester. And then like in January, you're like, how's it going? I was like, oh, I haven't touched it. Uh- <laughs> and I was like, how dare you ask me that? I haven't touched it. <laughs> how dare? Jesus. Yeah. No, it's true though. Cause like I, it's something Gabe always said, um, our, me and Dennis's don't street teacher gave um, a piece of advice he gave us was never edit while you're writing or you'll never get finish it yes so I will do the whole first draft and then send it to my friends and get their feedback and then do a second draft and then a third draft and a fourth draft and I feel like what I need to work on right now is even if I don't get like being able to give myself feedback like I rely so much on other people to give me feedback and tell me what to change about it and at some point I have to learn how to look at my own work and say this could be tweaked this could be better this plot line doesn't need to be there that's something with rural like there was so much there were like two extra characters in the one that Dennis read and um then Lizzie was telling me she was like you got to kill your babies dude like kill your babies and so I went through and I took a huge chunk out and something that she said that really resonated with me is that I know the whole story like I can know that the whole story is there mm-hmm. without having to show it and it can still inform the characters behaviors and um you know their story but it doesn't have to be seen for everyone. And it can just yeah. be like a slice. And that's why it ends so abruptly, I feel, because my first draft tried to wrap it up in a nice little bow and be like, and this is the end and everything's fine. But the yeah. second draft, I was like, everything's not fine. It doesn't happen that way in real life. And yeah, life ends abruptly, everybody. It does. <laughs> I think one of, the, one of the best pieces of advice I ever got about giving someone feedback is like, don't give them feedback on like what you want their play or their thing to be like give them feedback on like to make to make the best version of what they like what you can see that they want their piece to be don't be like well if Mm -hmm. I were you I would write it like this be like okay I can see like you really are focusing on this character like here's some thoughts on like how to make that character like fuller yeah Um, one of the pieces of advice I've gotten the most is trying to clarify the relationship between the two main characters um in the beginning specifically the scene where they meet each other and it's like so many people have said you included they don't they should have already known each other and I agree because it feels awkward and and weird when they don't know each other um but I also love the idea of it being this kind of awakening and they're meeting for the first time and she's never felt this way before and I'm almost like if they'd known each other for so long it wouldn't have hit her like a or maybe it would have I don't know I guess everyone's experience is different but it almost like for me just kind of hit me like a train one day and I was like oh um mm-hmm. and it wasn't a gradual thing or maybe it wasn't I didn't realize but I so I love the idea of them of her having that moment where she meets this person she's like holy crap who are you I need to know you but then at the same time I get what everyone was saying about it not making sense that they don't know each other so I um made it so that they were friends when they were young and then they one of them moved away and they hadn't seen oh, each other since they were like 12. And then that. they 
Yeah. So I'm trying to find like a happy medium, but it might still change because there are parts of it I still read and I'm like, this isn't working. Like not no. Something about taking advice and asking for advice about your writing that's also important is that like what advice not to take? Like because when people come in with their opinions, sometimes it's just so far away from like what you wish for it to be in the end, or like Mm -hmm. you know, improving it is one thing, but like changing it completely um is another, you know. Um yeah, it's like not something that you want to write about anymore if it's not something that you don't want to explore in that aspect. And you don't need to take every advice that you get. Right. You need yeah, to get, you say no. That goes back to like trusting yourself. And <laughs> there's this interview where I think Harry Styles talks about Stevie Nicks and how they have this fun little friendship and how she was sort of saying, you shouldn't have this song on the album or like you should have this song on the album. And he said, the fact that I kept that song on the album, even after she told me to take it off means that I really knew in my, you know, body and soul and whatever that it needed to be on the album. Um, so yeah, at some point you have to just trust yourself. Absolutely. Um, so because you said you don't you don't um, procrastinate on your first draft, do you not have writer's block? Because this is called writer's block mm. party. And if you don't have writer's <laughs> block, then we're not airing and this that's episode. Really... I do have writer's block, I promise. Um, and it comes in the second and third and fourth and fifth drafts. And what do you do? When that happens. Um, I cry. <laughs> Tears. Uh, gosh, I'm trying to think because I haven't, I feel like I haven't been writing for that long. Um, so I maybe haven't hit that like huge block. I get frustrated and I'll stare at it for like three hours and it'll say <laughs> the the software that I use to write scripts, it has like a timer for how long you've been writing and how long you've been thinking. And my writing I will be like it. two minutes. I would, and thinking I will be would. like two and a half hours. I know writers do that, everybody. <laughs> That's so rude. Yeah, it's or is it it's ridiculous. Um, but I basically just like stare at it until, and if nothing happens, I'm like, well, okay, well, fine. And so I'll put it away, or I'll send it to someone and see if they have any fun ideas that could jog my brain. Um, yeah. Yeah, I think it just comes, like, I just have to step away from it after a while. At some point, if I can try to, I have to sort out for myself, do I just not want to work on this right now? Or am I really dealing with writer's block and I don't know where to go with it? And even if I don't know where to go with it, I might just write something for the heck of it just to, like, I know I've heard people say, I don't do this, but I've heard people say, if you, like, write a different story. um, Oh, it was Alex. Alex Souter told me to do this. If you write a different story that has nothing to do with your story then something in that story might actually be applicable to the original one you were working on. Um, so I just basically try to write something, even if I decide I'm not going to use it. And then there might be pieces in there that you can pick out and put back into the the final. Mm. Yeah. And I mean, it's like nice to hear that, like um, getting notes and comments inspire you to go back at it whereas with me like it kind of I I reach out to people for notes but then when I do receive them I get overwhelmed knowing that I have a lot to incorporate and then I put it away for a long time because I'm like I need like six to ten business days to like process this well I I do this a lot and I I was once in a creative writing class where we read this story that uh, I think it was called a red dress it was a really great story I think everyone should read it but I don't remember who was by so good luck finding it (laughs) <laughs> um uh, but I was 
um, my teacher said that this author of the short story had said like 90% of her writing is thinking about it, which rung really true for me because I feel like I'll have an idea and I'll write maybe like a scene or two from it and be kind of unsatisfied and then just think about it for like weeks and then eventually be like, it's formed and then write the whole thing, which mm. I feel like, I don't know if that's part of your guys' process or specifically Blair, but like, I think that also, you know, that speaks to, I think it's so interesting how like writing a process really speaks to like people's personalities. Yeah, for me, yeah. I know you asked Blair, but I'll answer. <laughs> for me, <laughs> I'll, jump in, I'll jump in. For me, because I see it all. Like when I get an idea, I see it all. I see the entire movie. And I said this in my episode, so like I probably shouldn't have said this right now, but I see the entire movie and because I know what it is, I like can't bring myself to write it interesting that's so see I'm the opposite I start with a vague idea and then I'll write the first scene and then I'll just go wherever it takes me like I'm not one of those people that does huge character um, no oh my god I've never played like webs or ever it's just up here yeah no I just yeah, see yeah, the yeah. Again. for me I feel yeah. like I can't organize my thoughts enough until I get them out on paper so it's like and I it don't might know be where it's going yeah yeah the characters but are I, gonna surprise me <laughs> exactly exactly it's like you're kind of discovering out like discovering what's going to happen along with them and then you're sort of going on the journey with them that sounds very uh, yeah, like, but. <laughs> but like also I think it's really liberating because I feel like there's this all pressure to be like fill out a beat sheet like but I don't know exactly where it's going and to be able to just kind of sit down and be like okay like I have this idea that like the first line is someone doing this or like I have this idea that someone has to like blah 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 or like it takes yeah. place in rural Virginia like you can just start writing from there right and it's like I don't know this one just it's exciting it's even in the moments when I'm having writer's block with this one specifically it's a plot that I connect to so personally and it's it's like a story it's not biographical by any means but it's um mm -hmm it's almost like a scenario in which you could have daydreamed well obviously you daydreamed it because i created it but it's like it's, it's a like scenario. personal yeah yeah and it's almost like an alternative you know if my life hadn't gone the way it, it went is yeah. this what it would have been if that makes That's sense great point i do feel like I, I i don't know about you but i do feel like i write i feel like all my characters are me they're all different mm -hmm. versions of me even characters that like you know even like shitty characters yeah like they're <laughs> shitty in the way that I'm afraid like you know that I'm afraid that I might be or something you know now you right. know everyone now you know it's like, now you know <laughs> <laughs> in this one it's care it's I always write characters um kind of similarly they have a lot of me in them but it's me as I wish I were if oh, that that's makes sense no, absolutely. Yeah. I feel like they're, it's always like the really cool characters in my stories are always like, yeah, what I, I was. <laughs> no, seriously, that's Carter exactly in this because I, it's, Lizzie's going to play, well, schedule's abiding. Um, <laughs> hopefully Lizzie will play Carter. Um, but she, like, it's, Carter's a mashup of her because she's just so effortlessly cool, you know, Lizzie. Yeah. Um, but then also, um, like, m someone that I would want to be friends with, someone that I would want to be myself to be that nonchalant and that not aloof in a negative way but but so fully confident in who you are that you don't feel the need to justify yourself to anyone and that's kind of where I wrote I wrote Carter as almost a guideline to who I wish I could be because yeah. Beth I think has a lot of insecurities um and I I personally have struggled every single day as I'm sure everyone does with feeling so insecure about everything I do and trying not to let it show um 
And so just to finally, it's almost such a liberating moment when for just two seconds of your life, you can say, you know what? It doesn't matter what they think of me. I'm just going to live and exist <laughs> because I can't change yeah. who I am. God, um, freaking preach, Blair. Yeah, I just, I feel like the, the goal, for me, I'm just trying to find out how to, how to liberate myself from that and like finally not care what other people think of me, if that makes sense. Absolutely. Yeah. And on that note, and on that beautiful note of not caring what other people think. I think I think this podcast has come to a close. Yes, thank you thank so you much so for having me. Of course, uh, thank you so much. And honestly, for we don't really us. care if you like it because we don't care what other people think. Yeah, we yeah, like hell it. Yeah, hell yeah. yeah. It's none of my business if you like it or not. <laughs> um, but also, yes. please listen and subscribe. Um, <laughs> thank you so much for coming, thank Blair. Thank you so Blair. much for Your listening, everybody. And everyone should look out for rural. 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 When it, rural. When it becomes the be hardest production, they well, should be yeah. looking out for Blair's oh, album. Should be looking out for my album whenever that comes yes, out. Whenever that as happens, as well as um, Shakespeare in the Square is putting on a virtual production of The Tempest. I believe that's going to be April twenty third to twenty. Is do they have like a fun like thing they're doing with it? Because normally they like have like a. Like it's set in the 80s or something like that sort of thing. No. Oh, yes. Yeah. It's like, think for a bit, Return to the Forbidden Planet. It's it meets okay. Star Trek. It's okay, like yes. a Tempest. That I knew. I the know. island is a spaceship. Of course. Yeah. Duh. And uh, Ariel is like an AI and Calvin. Oh my God. Okay. So catch this like sci-fi version of the Tempest. Yes. On Zoom. We'll promote. Yes. Follow Shakespeare in the Square at NYU on Instagram and our newly created Twitter page. Hell yeah. Follow all of those. Follow and Invisible follow Disco us. Productions if you haven't been already. Invisible. And follow us and at Invisible Disco on TikTok because we're trying to make us TikTok famous. Yes. And then we're trying to make us TikTok famous. On another note, um, we are also making films uh, in are. the near future. Uh, it's one of my films and one of Amelia's films. Amelia's directing both of them. I am. Um, yes. It was a Woo. I definitely begged her to watch mine. Um, yes. Um, and we are, we do have a film fund for it. You can find a link to that in our bio on our Instagram at Invisible Disco Productions. Anything will help us. Um, please. Please consider please donating. Um, but, you know, we appreciate the emotional support as well. If you exactly. can, it's all fine. Will you guys uh, produce Treehugger, please? Yes, oh sure. God, yes. Um, we need like to talk about to our film productions with you too, Blair. Yeah. Yes, we do. Okay, I'll keep quiet. Yeah. <laughs> um, thank you so much, everyone, for listening. Okay. Thank, thank you, you so, so much. For follow us on coming. Instagram, follow Shake Day in the Square, and have a lovely Friday. See you later. Big hug. Bye, everyone. Bye. Riders Block Party was created by Invisible Disco Productions. It's produced by Amelia Annan, Denise Blatt, Lauren Montez, Thea Thronson, Colleen Annan, Jess Thronson, and Jim Keane. And is edited by Noah Friend. If you enjoyed this, check us out at IDP Presents WBP on Twitter and at Invisible Disco Productions on Instagram and Patreon. Thanks and have a great week.